Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. So we are in our, I believe this is our final uh, episode for Stewardship Month. And welcome to MCZ Overflow Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Thorpe, and I'm here with Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen. Hi, Pastor. How are hey, you? what's going on? Doing good, doing good. Um, so uh, as I stated, we're in our last sermon of uh, Stewardship Month. Do well, do good. And we're talking about calculating the cost to finish. And you did something a little different in this sermon where you didn't give any points. We just talking straight text and what people need to do. Uh, And so uh, I want to get into that because I definitely have a lot of questions um, in regards to it. More so follow-up stuff. Um, but can you start with talking about how um, where we're at in Luke? So we're in Luke 14, 25 through 30. What's going on in the text? Who's here? Who's Jesus with? Things like that. You know, Jesus is often with the, his disciples and, you know, they are often asking him questions and he's often giving them advice on how to to handle life. Um, Jesus is telling them about discipleship, right? He's telling them about um, if you want to follow me, you got to forsake everything. Mm-hmm. And he's giving them um, this understanding um, of the cost of being a disciple. And sometimes we don't really, we don't we don't think it costs anything just because we say, um, God, I thank you, or God, I want to be saved, right? Uh, yeah. The Bible teaches us that faith comes by works, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not faith comes by work, but we're, uh, uh, faith without works is dead. Right, 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 right. So we are not saved by our works but we're saved to work. Mm. You feel what I mean? Um, because I'm saved, I love. Because okay. I'm saved, I serve. Because I'm saved, I give. Uh, not I'm loving, giving, serving in order to be saved. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it costs, it costs, Jesus said, you have to forsake everybody. Um, to be a part of me and be who I am and be with me. And if you do that, then um, um, you can be my disciple. And that's that's hard, right? Especially your mother, your father, sister, brother. As to say, nothing in life should come before Jesus himself. Yeah, that makes it really hard um, because that's not how we are. Send me a because <laughs> uh, that's not how we are almost like taught and designed to 
kind of approach not the world but it's like it's like foe family over everything mm -hmm. um making sure that we are taking care of the people around us before we really dive into like our relationship with god we've talked about this before about people who feel that they need to be um i need to be good or i need to be in a good spot before i come right. to church and this continues to jesus continues to reiterate it's like like where's your where's your heart in all of this mm -hmm. and because so then as because where your heart posture is then you'll be able to to serve and to love and to share the gospel and all of the other blessings will will flow from it um so one uh, so you talk a lot about planning um because with things that cost i don't think we as a society really take the time to really calculate how much things cost who's we the collective we the collective we <laughs> yo i'm i'm figuring out the cost of everything really you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you you have to you have to uh i know that's me mentally uh it's a struggle for me to spend over 200 dollars Mm. Mm. I really have to look at what I'm buying and then I'm looking at how much money I got in my account, where the money going to come from, mm. from uh, how is this going to impact me, right? I just ask myself all of these questions and I struggle with it. Mm. Now, if you give me like five, $10, $15, $20 here, that woo -woo, but it's over $200, I'm really calculating that thing. Why? Why is two hundred dollars? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe because I'm a poor preacher. You know, I just got to really calculate things. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but I, I think there is. There's like I think everybody has like that dollar. Like, what is that dollar amount that right. that they are like? Ugh, I don't know if I can. I can mm -hmm. spend all of that. Uh, I have friends that they've uh, like they've grown up in not as affluent situations, and so it's. It's starting to get cold, and so they're like, mm, I'm going to pick up this $30 coat. And it's like, what happened to the last coat that you got for $30? She said it fell apart. Mm. And I was like, well, if we're looking for something, if you want something that'll last. I pay that money. You got to pay that money. <laughs> for real. You got to pay that money. You got to do it. Um, You talk about... Uh, one of the areas that you that you talk about is that we talk about planning is just how people um you talk about a a sign for a new church in front of the old church and it's as old as the church you talk about um personal homes that aren't being um developed because no one paid the cost or paid attention to the cost at the mm -hmm. beginning why why do you think we go we go into those things just so I don't know. Is it is it like we're hopeful that it'll all work out? Yeah. Um, is it we only calculate the front end? So how much of a down payment do I need versus the maintaining part or right. like the adjustment? Like where do you think people kind of fall off in that? Um, like you said, off hope, not facts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or or um, I mean, be faith use faith and. And really haven't really calculated the cost here. Jesus said, yo, 
calculated. You'll add it, everything up mm-hmm. and then move forward because you don't want to be uh, building a foundation and nothing on top of that foundation. Yeah. And I know you, many of us seen before like um, new location for such and such ministries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the sign is just burned from the sun, right? It's brown, yeah. used to be white. Mm-hmm. It's because they never moved there. They probably still own the land, mm-hmm. but they ain't have any money to finish building or, or watch on those HGTV shows of how... Well, this was somebody else. They started building it, but they couldn't finish it. They didn't have the mm-hmm. money to finish it. Um, different circumstances happen. And so uh, that's why Jesus is telling us, yo, you need to plan things out, especially your salvation. Mm. Your devotion to me needs to be planned out. If you're going to be devoted to me, uh, because what I require of you is probably more than you're able to give. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to give it, then you might not need to come after me. What? Yeah. You heard that? Uh-huh. But 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 when it comes <laughs> to life, when it comes to life, sometimes people just so happy or they get accepted for the loan or or you know credit get approved and they think they good. No, you still gotta pay them people their money back. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna make a shirt. Pay them people their money back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a loan. And people don't think or they fall into like, well, I'll just pay it next month. What? You owe these people. You promised that you'll give them this money and you haven't gave it to them yet. So I think uh, people just get so ambitious, right? And looking at things and trying to see how to go by. Mm-hmm. And they get approved and they have some money at one point. Then life happens, right? Yeah. Things we don't plan for happens. And mm-hmm. so that's why you got to plan for the unexpected. Also, how they do that, um, you just got to be intentional of mm-hmm. counting the cost. Yeah. And so being intentional of counting the cost, take from how the sermon is, the people in this crowd were not doing that. They were very much um, groupies. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I'll use that word. That People still use groupies, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's a, a paragraph in the in your sermon, um, and I'm going to read it, and I really want to, to break it down and, and talk through it with you. And so you say, so Jesus senses that the crowd may not be aware of the cost of following after him. He tells them, if you come to me, you must hate mother, father, sisters, brothers, spouse, children, and even your own life. For my sake, it, for my sake, it seems like a strange message. My caveat, it is. Mm-hmm. But the Aramaic word used for hate really means to love a great deal less. And I think Jesus means that that if God and his kingdom were of all consuming importance, then all other loves are far less by comparison. And this gets to the the challenge that I have is like, I don't know, like it's, it's really hard for me to break through the thought of loving someone more than like my mother or my father mm-hmm. how do you, how 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 is me not loving my mother and father not me seeking after god all right so my interpretation is this and my experience in life also points to this the better i can love god the better i can love everybody else mm-hmm 
because Jesus also said, love the Lord, the two commandments. Now, what, what are the two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, mm -hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So he's not telling us not to love, right? Like I said, the Aramaic word for this hate here is to love less, mm -hmm. which means you need to love your mom less than you love God. Mm. And you can't see that? I... <laughs> Counseling <laughs> session begins now. Go. Go. Logically, I see it. Logically, I see it. But where I, I think the disconnect truly is, is how how is me not loving my mom, not loving God? But you, it's not less, but through. I will say, yeah. So not loving, I, as I said right now, I don't see it as loving my mom less than God. It's almost loving my mom through God or loving God through my mom. Yeah, because if you love God, you know who God is. Love is not just this word of emotion. It's a word of knowledge. It's a word of knowing the person in which you're loving. Mm -hmm. My goal in life is to know my wife as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I know everything about her. What makes her happy, what makes her sad, um, what pleases her, um, what type of candy she likes. If I go to the gas station, I know if I get me something, I got to get her a Sprite, a bag of plain Lay's chips, and some piece of chocolate, most likely 100 grand. Uh, I got to know her shoe size. got to know her clothes size if I buy her something. If I go get food, I know what type of food she wants because I don't want to take her something she would not want to eat. Mm -hmm. um, if, if I'm engaged in conversations or talking to other people, I, I have her uh, mentality of things may come to my mind because I want to treat people like, um, like, like they should be treated, but also um, with the knowledge of who my wife is, right? Mm -hmm. Because I know her. Mm. And I love her and I want to please her. So I'm always going to do things that make her happy. You feel what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so with God, I got to know God. Mm -hmm. I got to be engaged with God. I, God must know me. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so my actions in life will be predicated off who God is to me. Mm -hmm. Me loving you is a love that I have for God. Because if I can display that love for you through me, that's some a love that you probably never get only from God through me. Mm. You feel what I mean? And so, and so, me loving God causes me to love you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Jesus said the utmost, the highest level of love should always be God, and loving God gives you the fortitude and the tenacity and the emotional and uh, mental strength to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Because your vertical relationship helps your horizontal relationships. So the more I'm in tune with God, the more I know God. And how do I get to know God? I get to know God through history. Mm -hmm. I get to know God through the biblical texts. I need to know God through experience. And then I know God through rationale mm -hmm. that I can see that there's a God somewhere because there's a sun in the day and the moon at night, the stars in the skies, they don't fall from the sky. I know there is a God somewhere. I know that, right? I know God through the biblical text, reading the Bible, hearing how other people describe who he is. 
but I know I'm in my life personally because I commit myself to a daily devotion of prayer, reading my Bible, fasting, and being intentional about this relationship I have with God, just as I would with a relationship I have with my mother mm -hmm. or with my boyfriend or girlfriend or my boo, my babe, my husband, my wife. If I'm intentional in those relationships, that means I'm knowing you and knowing you allows me to love you like you want me to love you and not like I want to love you. Mm. And so my connection to God allows me to be connected to other people in such a way that they can feel the love of God through me while loving them. Your mama should feel the love of God from you. Mm. Shaita, bye bye. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? I do, I do. Mm -hmm. Your friends should feel the love of God through you because of your relationship with God, your connection with God. It allows you to be a conduit for God's love to other people. And people will not say, You're just doing that for the likes. Yeah. Or you're not you're just doing that for people who can see what you're doing. No, I'm doing this because I love you, and because of that love. I can feel God's love through your actions, your behavior, your talks, your voice, whatever it may be, your hug, your touch, whatever you're giving to the other person, they can feel God in it. Mm. That's good. That's helpful. Uh, so, um, so as these, the, as God's talking, or as Jesus is talking to this crowd and like planning to finish, I think that the, uh, that can be kind of a hard place to be. Um, oh, before I get into that. So you talk about being a student of the gospel, which you kind of alluded to a little bit with um, being in tune to God. But how how can we start being a student of the gospel and say uh, kind of similar to, the, to this crowd, like we're not connected to a church or um, a, a body of believers at the time. So how, how can we start to to become a student of the gospel. How can we, talking about current day? Yeah, current day. How do we be students of the gospel? Well, well number one, no, we have, we have the Bible. They didn't. Um, and what greater way to know who Jesus is to read about his entire life in the first four chapters of the New Testament? If you just concentrate on that, you see the life of Jesus Christ, you see the Beatitudes, you see the Sermon on the Mount, you see um, the parables in which he used and talked about it. It just gives you so much life that if we become students of that, we know who Jesus is and we'll know how to live our lives. If we are committed to the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it helps us to be great men and women in society, even if we just take those four books. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you hear that? If you're trying to become a student of the gospel, just the first four books. But it's not only there. Not just. You know, the whole Bible is Old Testament is pointing to the cross. Right? Mm-hmm. New Testament is pointing to the cross. The whole Bible is pointing back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. From Genesis through Revelations. It's all about Jesus Christ. But his life the four first mm. the first four books of the New Testament, you know, they prophecies in the Old Testament was about them. The fulfillment in the New Testament is about them. Everything is about Jesus first coming and second coming. The whole Bible is about Jesus Himself, um, and so. But 
the biographical sketch of who he is is found in the first four yeah. chap I mean, books of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's good. Notes, notes, people, all the notes. Uh, so as we're with this crowd, with these these folks, um, they are. It doesn't seem like they just have they have a plan. First of all, they don't have a job because they are just following around Jesus um, all day. So they they got nowhere else to be but behind him. And it seems as it well, obviously it shows that Jesus knows their their heart and their intentions, and they are not to necessarily become disciples. And this charge that he puts on them to do this, uh, I assume some received it. I assume some were like, eh, do the wine thing, and then mm-hmm. others maybe are like. Uh, I didn't come for this and, and go back to where they are. Yeah. So to those that are kind of in this in this midst in this middle of of trying to understand and, and how to to calculate um, those pieces for themselves, what are some areas within their lives, our lives, that we should look to um, reassess and evaluate? Essentially, putting a I don't want to say price like my time costs this much, my sleep counts this much, but what are the things that we should be looking at when we are calculating the cost of following Jesus? Right. Um, life. Oh, okay. Your whole entire life. Calculate the yeah. cost of life. Yeah. Because without him, there is no life. Mm. Right? Um, you, you got to look at it, the importance of how you're living. Is this life worth living without Jesus at all? That's the ultimate calculation. If I don't have Jesus in my life, how will my life be? And for me, I know it wouldn't be great. Mm-hmm. It would not be great at all. But if I commit myself to the work, I just take the biblical principles that tells me how to love my neighbor, how to treat other people, um, how to live my life. If more people calculate the cost, we'll have less government support programs. Less people asking for support for housing or because you're like, yo, um, you'll think about things. Mm-hmm. You'll think through things. If I drink this much now and get in the car, if I get pulled over, I'm going to get a DUI. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. If I have this night of pleasure unprotected, there's a possibility that a baby is going to come. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready for a baby yet. Because my finance is not ready. Mm-hmm. So let me calculate this cost. If I leave this job without having another job, then I'm going to fall behind on my bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and then I, I'm going to be homeless or ask somebody for support. This method of, I think this is why this was selected for Stewardship Month, because if you're really intentional or calculating what's going on in your life and how you're handling things and how you're moving throughout life, it'll prevent a lot of heartache and pain. Mm-hmm. 
ultimately, Jesus must be first. If you learn calculation of mind, like back again, if you are tither and you give an offering, it causes you to budget. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to give to God, I got to make sure I can check every okay everything else I give has to be good too. And because I still need a place to live, I still need a car to drive, I still need food. And 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 I know the Lord told me to give, but I know He don't want me hungry. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, giving forces you to budget. Because you're calculating the cost. Hmm. But it also gives you a perspective that the more I give, the seems like the more God blesses me. And that's my testimony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. The more the more you we give, the more God does bless. Um, bless us. Um, let's see. What other question? You got a lot on here. I know. I told you. Give them to me. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Um, you, where was the, so as we talk about kind of the, the, the finishing, finishing what we start and if we look at the example of Jesus, what his, uh, he finished what he started because, uh, his finish line was the cross. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's all for all of us. Um, all of us have a cross. More. All of us have something that feels as if it's crucifying us. Mm. But Jesus proves that we can overcome that. All of us have a struggle. It's a burden. It's living a Christian life is carrying a cross. Mm. Yeah, you talk about the the cross and the remembrance of of what that means. Yeah. And the significance of it. It's the cross back then is so different than the cross today because Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you got to take up your cross. Mm-hmm. All of us have a cross. Okay. You got to carry it. Uh. <laughs> I, I see you want to say something. That's why I'm pausing. You feel me? Because the cross back then is as a symbol of torture, pain, agony, defeat, and murder. Mm-hmm. Cross today is all oh, he got a nice cross on his neck or earrings or in the sanctuary or on the top of a steeple, you'll see a cross. But that represents torture, pain, death. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And and, and Jesus said you have to carry that. Um I said as I said in the sermon, like when you want somebody to follow you, you don't tell them the worst about it. You're going to tell them the exciting things about being a part of the disciplehood of Jesus Christ. But Jesus says, yo, if you want to follow me, you got to carry your own cross, your own burdens, your own problems, your issues, that thing that just won't let you go. And at some point, you might be even crucified on that cross. Mm. But the victory is, we already know, crucifixion issues. Resurrection. What you gonna say? Uh, well, one, when you talked about it in this sermon, I reassessed how I viewed the cross. Because to be honest, I viewed it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. You see my cross? It's like, like the modern day um, 
uh, when Christians in those times to because they're being persecuted, mm-hmm. they would draw kind of the fish in the sand. You you know about that? No, no about that. Oh, but let me put you on I'm game, pastor. Game me. So when they would like meet each other, they would draw the have you seen, the Jesus fish. Mm-hmm. So one would draw half, and then the other would draw the other half to like affirm like, oh, okay, like we're brothers and sisters in yeah. this. So I assume I perceived it as the modern day version of that. It's like, oh, you got cross, cool. You got cross, cool. Uh, and then there was it definitely is a lot more fashionable. People are wearing it as you know as an accessory versus a, a statement of faith. Mm-hmm. And then as we've been having these conversations about the cross and what it means and what it represents and what happens, it's less to me. It's become a lot less glamorized as something that is as a pretty. <laughs> That's the best word I could come up with. That's pretty cross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's, I think there's there's that, that disconnect of, of carrying the cross, what all of that means versus it's, you know, I'm a Christian. This is, you know, this is the, like you were just saying, the, the nice parts about mm-hmm. it. You know, Christianity is great. You know, I hang out with God. He blesses me. I bless others. It's great. But the the burdens and the mm-hmm. things that you carry and the the trauma and the anger and the depression that no no one talks about that part. Yeah. Jesus said, yo, if you gonna follow me, you gotta calculate that cost because it's not easy. You know, if it was that easy when we said, For God I live and for God I shall die, I confess in my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe that he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead, God would have took us away then. Hmm. But he leaves us here to share our stories, our testimonies with other people that we may also persuade them to be a part of the body of Christ. But he also does not exempt us from the troubles of this world. You would want that. I would. Me too. But life goes on as normal human beings. Right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you will want, as a child of God, a force field around you that protect you at all times that you can feel and see and mm-hmm. know nothing would never happen to you because you are a child of the king. But Jesus has no respect of person, no partiality, right? Mm-hmm. And that hurts. Yeah. You want that. I do. <laughs> Like a force field, it's like right. honey or something sticky, and it's just everything come boom, 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 boom. I feel like it's even at times you can feel more targeted, but it's the but it's the eternal protection, right? It keeps me going. That's what you look towards, though. Mm-hmm. even though you might can't get it now in this moment, but you have that eternal life guarantee. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, for the sake of time, uh, those are all of my questions. Pastor, do you have any parting points for the people? I do not. This this was a good sermon as I look back on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jesus, if you're going to build it, <laughs> if you're going to build something, count the cost. If you're going to follow me, count the cost. And then um, finish it. 
that's my that's my thing, yo. Finish. That's oftentimes that's the problem. We can start stuff, but we can't finish it. And with this, the finish is a long game. It's not in a few months or something. It's life. Forever, mm-hmm. Forever is a long time. That's it. That's time, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the words. Not forever is a long time. That was good. Thank you again, Pastor. Appreciate you. Thank you, those that are listening. Continue to check back for new podcasts and check out our website, MTZ Live, for new content. And until then, stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.